0: Save your seat now at com. That's com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 320. How the heck has another year come and gone? I'm doing a full recap of my year and running through the numbers really soon, but I'm feeling all sorts of nostalgia as we approach a new decade, and I think it's time to really reflect on the lessons I've learned, what's gone well, and the moments that I will always cherish. And it's equally as important for me to dig into how I've messed up, how I've grown and pivoted and transformed, like all the things... The best thing about being a human is that we're constantly changing, and so let's take a look at the bigger things this past decade has taught me. Funny story, the other day I was getting a much-needed manicure, and in comes a girl who mentioned she's in college. And I kind of look over at her, and I smile like I'm just like her, feeling like, oh yeah, those college days just happened. And then I realized, oh my gosh, it has been almost a decade since I graduated college. Like, it hit me right then and right there. I am old. How has time gone by so fast? Like, it's crazy. So let's talk about this past decade and the lessons it's bestowed on me, shall we? I mean, a lot of life has happened in these 10 years, and maybe you'll find yourself nodding along or taking mental notes because you've experienced a few of these same lessons, too.
1: Let's do it. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work
0: Lesson number one, don't let anyone define what success looks like for you. Define it yourself. If I rewound to a decade ago, I was interning at Target and planning out my entire future. At the age of 21, I was dreaming of my life outside of college and imagining what it would be like. I knew that Drew and I would get married. We actually planned our wedding the night we started officially dating and we told our best friends that they'd have to walk down the aisle together. And guess what? They totally did. But beyond that, I had this vision of corporate success that had been painted for me from textbooks and by society. I envisioned a powerful businesswoman looking like a gal who wore business suits and high heels, and I dreamt about climbing that ladder, heck, scaling it to keep moving up and up and up. I used to tease that I wanted a husband who stayed home with the kids and had dinner ready when I got home at the end of a long day. Talk about manifesting, right? Though you wouldn't catch me dead in anything requiring dry cleaning or high heels. I kind of walk like Bambi. I think the greatest lesson I've learned in this last decade is to not let anyone define success for me because every time I've chased someone else's version of it, I've, quote, arrived and realized that I worked my butt off to get somewhere that I didn't actually want to be. From the corporate ladder climb to that six-figure number to shooting more and more weddings or being on the road all the time for work, none of those things actually made me happy like I thought they would. This year, when I imagined success, I wrote down the word freedom. To me, I finally realized success isn't things. It's not extravagant accessories or jet setting every week. To me, it's freedom of time and schedule. I want to wake up every morning and feel free to choose what I do, whether it's read the same book to Conley for the 18th time or work on my next big project. It took me a long time to put the blinders on and to stop looking at what everyone else was doing and letting that influence what I was chasing. When I finally defined my version of success, I found it. And I let that vision lead me in all of my decisions day in and day out. And boy, does it feel good. Lesson number two. You're gonna to have to hustle for what you want, but don't adopt hustle as the new norm. Aim to use that mode sparingly. You know me, I have this sort of love hate relationship with the word hustle because I think it's necessary, but what I hate is that it's become the new norm. This like glorification of busy has taken over, and that is something that I really wanna change. The positive narrative around hustle. When I look back at the last nine years of pursuing entrepreneurship, there were absolutely seasons of hustle, seasons of grind, but I'm thankful I didn't allow that to become my autopilot. I once was talking to other speakers at an event after I heard a common thread in all of our stories. We were these passionate human beings. We were passionate about something. We started a business. We worked ourselves to the bone. We burnt out and then this giant revelation happened and I asked them, Is there any way that we can help our people not have to go through that season of burnout? Because it kills me that our stories are telling them that it was necessary for us to hit that point before we really figured things out. I battle with this all the time because hustle was a huge part of my story. I worked morning, noon, and night on my dream. I had crappy boundaries and I said, yes, too much. And I filled my calendar to the brim until one day... I just couldn't do it anymore. It was like this realization that I had created this treadmill and I couldn't get off of it. And it was a worst feeling in the world. Maybe I can't save you from hitting burnout because maybe burnout is an important threshold to help you define enough. But if this last decade has taught me anything, it's that my business transformed massively 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 during the seasons that I gave myself margin. Then when I chose to grind and jump on that hustle wheel, I could go at it at full force from a place of rest, not overwhelm. And the quality of work that I was completing was so much better. So take that note and apply it. Margin gave me more impact than hustle ever has. Lesson number three. You can do everything, and you should maybe for a season, but if you really want to grow, grow with others. I've literally played every single role in my business. What you see today is incredibly different from how it all began. Over the last decade, I've been the CEO, the head of marketing, the accountant, the designer, the web coder, the copywriter, the content publisher, the impact support, the course creator, you name it. I have played every single role. And chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably wear many hats right now too. The crazy thing was, is I was so afraid to hire. I told myself so many lies. I can't afford it. My business isn't big enough to hire. I can do everything myself. I don't trust anyone with my business. I mean, you name it, I've believed it. I think all of those thoughts are natural, but there's that quote. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I look at the many facets of my business and they simply would not be possible without my team of 10 behind them. What's beautiful about entrepreneurship is that you grow with your business. You learn new things and you master aspects you never even knew about. But it's important to know that just because you can do all the things doesn't mean you should. I have countless episodes about hiring and outsourcing. And I can confidently say that I am now in my genius spot and that the roles that my team fills, they're operating in their genius spots and they help serve the bigger brand. I could not do this alone. Lesson number four, value your time. Like every single minute of it, treat it like it's your currency. Almost a decade ago, I got paid for the first time ever to take photos and I was hooked on entrepreneurship. It shouldn't be a shock that the girl who ran a lemonade stand on a minimally trafficked dirt road in Minnesota became an entrepreneur, but that's another story for another day. The truth is when I got paid that first $100 to take photos, I felt rich. I couldn't believe I was getting paid to do what I love and I made a mistake that you might be making right now. I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I just got paid $100 for an hour of work. Holy cow. I was like seeing dollar signs, except that I didn't realize that I was spending way more than an hour on this shoot. I had to prepare for it. I had to get there. I had to shoot. I had to edit and blog and deliver and a million other things. In fact, if I did the honest math, I was probably making less than the fry guy at McDonald's, especially after paying taxes. It's a common mistake. We don't value our time. And one of the biggest reasons is because we love what we do, right? Like that's why we start a business, hopefully to get paid to do what we love. And so often work doesn't feel like work, but here's the thing. You have to learn to value your time. When I look at the last decade, one of the biggest ways I've changed is how I fiercely fiercely protect every minute of my time these days. If it's not growing my ability to impact others or hang out with my family, it's out. I've said it before, but time is my currency. I make decisions based off of my time, not money. And I know my worth, which is not something I could have said a decade ago. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Lesson number five, every season has a purpose, even the hard ones. Embrace the one you're in and use it to work towards where you want to go. This was a harder lesson to learn because it meant navigating hard seasons and uncharted territories. When I look back over the last decade, one of the biggest teachers for us was loss specifically through miscarriage. It's wild thinking back 10 years ago when Drew and I were starting our relationship and dreaming about our future. It might surprise you, but we both said we don't want to have kids and we meant it for a solid five years of married life. We loved our lives, our freedom, our time together, And then something in our heart softened to the idea. And it felt like God just like hit the switch in us that led us to imagine growing a family. We never envisioned it taking so long or being so riddled with loss. And it could really be easy to write off that three-year journey as a terrible one. But instead, I see it now as our best teacher and our biggest motivation. When I think about what I'm most proud of, one of the things that I take pride in is that I worked while we waited. And I don't just mean that I poured myself into my business when the going got rough, though that did end up happening, but that I took each day as an opportunity to work towards the type of business and life I wanted when the time finally came for our family to grow. If you compare my business from my first pregnancy to the business that existed when I ended up giving birth, they are night and day different. Within those three years, I went from being a mainly wedding photography business with a full calendar, booking one year advance with zero team members to an entirely digital business, teaching other entrepreneurs with a team of 10 and a business that could run while I rested. I know that it's not always possible. And when you're in the thick of a hard or heartbreaking season, the last thing you want to look for is joy. But if you can just let each season teach you the lessons you're meant to learn and keep your head down working on the things that you can control, when that season ends, you'll be thankful you worked while you waited it out. Lesson number six, you're not an island. Don't isolate yourself or miss out on important relationships because you're simply too busy. Ask yourself this right now. In the last week, month, year, have you turned down an invitation simply because you're too busy? And then ask yourself, what is it that you're busy with? Is it work? Is it really something that is super important? This has been a tough lesson and one I'm quite honestly still navigating, but entrepreneurship can be really isolating and lonely. It's so easy to get so busy working that everything else fades into the distance. I've missed out on a lot of life because of my choice to be an entrepreneur. And quite honestly, I sometimes regret it. I've turned down many coffee dates or girls nights because work just had to get done. But I think motherhood finally helped me crack the code a bit on this guy. We aren't meant to go about this life alone. And what good is a booming business if you're burning bridges or losing friendships in order to get there? I've realized this year that we usually pursue entrepreneurship to get freedom, right? But then we as achievers create these arbitrary deadlines and this level of urgency that tricks us into thinking that the sky is going to fall if we take a night off or that our business will crumble if we go out for a glass of wine. Just like our electronics, we all operate better when we've been unplugged and shut down for a bit. So don't sacrifice important relationships for the sake of deadlines that aren't actually true deadlines. Success is best enjoyed in the company of those you love. And friends, I'm sorry if I ever told you I was too busy to hang out. I'm working on it still. Lesson number seven, protect your yeses fiercely. Let no become a positive response for you. Tell me, I'm not the only people pleaser here, right? Like my deepest desire is to make people happy and feel seen and heard and understood. And I hate with a capital H disappointing people. I know this about myself and I can see it reflected in how I make decisions and more importantly, how I respond to requests. I've shared this story before, but remember earlier when I told you about my workaholism that led to total burnout? Well, there's this vivid memory that I have surrounding this season and this exact lesson I learned on that day. I was in the midst of the craziest wedding season ever, shooting 30 weddings in six months time. And if you're doing the math, I shot a lot of double headers that year and I had booked an out of town session on a Sunday afternoon because I literally had zero boundaries at the time. Drew drove me to the shoot since we were out of town and had been visiting his family. And I remember literally falling into the car after the shoot, just crying because I was seriously exhausted, like weary exhausted, like getting admitted into a hospital for rest sounded like a vacation. Here I was at what I thought and told myself was the height of my career, and I was a total mess. I fell asleep on the ride home, and I realized that night that every time I was saying yes to work and to shoots and clients and requests, I was essentially saying no to time with Drew, time with our families, friendship. I was giving everyone else my best yeses and giving my most loved ones the noes. Today, I say no to 99% of the requests I get, and I say yes to very few things. Unless they line up with my vision of impact and my desire to feel freedom, they usually get a no. Understand that every yes you say is an equal no and protect, fiercely protect those best yeses for the people who truly deserve them. Lesson number eight, you are capable of rest. Stop telling yourself that you aren't and rest already. I almost laugh at this one now because over the last decade, I believed a lie that I was incapable of shutting down. And in some ways it's kind of true, but what I've learned is that I am capable of rest. In fact, I require it and I now yearn for it. But the lesson is that rest for me takes work. Sounds counterproductive, right? Have you ever gone on a vacation? Heck, who am I getting? I'm talking to a bunch of workaholics, but seriously, have you ever gone on a vacation and you feel like you're finally relaxing and unwinding the day before you have to leave? That's what resting is like for those of us who are achievers. Our autopilot is work. Like we love to work. We fill our spare minutes with work and we feel accomplished through doing, not being. I remember when we would take week-long vacations and I was still plugged in every day, checking emails, getting back to clients. I didn't fully trust that my business wouldn't crumble if I took time off. Then I set an audacious goal of taking a month off. I remember being at a conference and I wrote down that success to me would look like spending a month somewhere else with my family. Well, I decided to make that a reality that next year we took our first sabbatical in Hawaii. Since that trip, we've done countless month-long getaways, and I've learned the lesson that I am, in fact, capable of rest. And guess what? You are too. We are not made to work all of the time. Lesson number nine, create something that can be passive and scalable. I want for you to take an inventory right now because this is my greatest lesson and the biggest win I've had as an entrepreneur. Have you started, launched, or grown a business that doesn't rely on you? Hear me out just for a second. Okay. This is one of the most intimate stories I've ever shared on this show. But when we had our second miscarriage, I was devastated. Once again, my body had failed to recognize that the baby had stopped growing. And so while I still felt pregnant, my pregnancy wasn't viable, which meant I felt like a ticking time bomb waiting for my body to lose our baby. I also had a wedding to be at. Like I had to shoot a wedding three hours from my home after learning this news and to show up knowing that at any moment my body could decide it was time. Do you know how that feels? I made a vow that day to change and pivot and transform my business because reality sunk in that I was only getting paid when I, Jenna Kutcher, was there. That I had built a business that wasn't scalable without requiring me or more of my time. If you want longevity as an entrepreneur, then it is important to be in pursuit of passive or mostly passive income streams. I mean, isn't the big dream to get paid while you rest? Like, can you just imagine with me going to sleep and waking up to see that you've made money with our eyes closed? I mean, it takes a ton of work, like getting to the point of passive income is not a passive activity. It just doesn't happen like that. But there are so many ways that you can do this. And one of the greatest lessons life and entrepreneurship has taught me is that I can make a bigger impact, I can help more people, and I can make more of an income if I can create offers and opportunities that don't require me physically showing up. Lesson number 10. Let your passions lead you and leave your legacy. When I look at the woman I was a decade ago, I could have never dreamed that this would be the path I take, that I would land where I've landed. I was just hopeful that I could create something that would get me out of the ladder climb and out of that windowless office. My wildest dreams couldn't have dreamt of a life like the one I live right now. My passions have shifted over the years. I've pivoted more times than you could count. And I've embraced the fact that I am a multi-passionate human being and that I don't just have to do one thing. I've also let my passion lead me every step of the way and have had a million identity crises while feeling like an imposter every step of the way. But I've let my ambition be louder than those voices that told me it was impossible. When I started to realize that the work that I do today is a reflection of the legacy I will leave, every post, every email, every Instagram photo is a story that I am telling with my life day in and day out, something my children will remember me from, it changed everything. Those little bumps in the road, they made me stronger. Those passions that felt like they came out of nowhere, they became vehicles for me for impacting more humans. Sometimes I laugh because my business can be awfully confusing to understand. I take pictures, I run a business podcast, I teach courses on marketing, own rental properties, sell necklaces, talk about miscarriage, do influencer campaigns and philanthropy and what feels like a million other things. It's a reflection of me continuing to follow those passions and letting them guide me on this journey through life because who doesn't want to live a passionate life? Let your passions lead you and remember that your legacy is unfolding now like today, not when you're 80 or when you're ready to reveal the story of your life. It's happening right now. The work you do today is a message that you're leaving about your life for the future. Woo! That is a lot of learning done over the last decade. And I mean, I limited this to 10 lessons, but let's be honest, I've learned a million things in the last 10 years. If I could go back and talk to my 21-year-old self, I'd tell her that her life is going to be bigger and better than she could even fathom. It won't be without hardship, but it will be entirely worth it. I tell her to stay grounded, keep her head down, get clear on what it is that she wants and to never stop dreaming bigger. Who's ready for a new decade, a fresh start, a chance to learn and grow and be a better version of the person who's listening to this show right now? Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. I hope that you leave feeling inspired and invigorated to tackle 2020 and the next 10 years of your life.
1: Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.